I noticed last week that we actually started and then we started again. Sweet the Sonia. Is that what they say? That's <laughs> 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 actually a, a Sweet the Sonia is a, is a is a line that I've kind of morphed from the movie Barbarella and I just say it. It doesn't really mean anything, you know. It just is what it is. That's right. That's where I a Sweet the Sonia. Yeah, that's what those two little girls that yeah. have the dolls. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy as hell. Holy shit, dude! Uh, sweet Sonia. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and they're uh, on their way to find Duran Duran. Well, she is. I love, I love that movie. Me too, especially the beginning. Are you familiar with Barbarella, Aaron? Yeah, I don't think I've seen that one. I mean, that's Jane Fonda, right? Oh early yeah, 60s, it's early seventies. It's Jane Fonda, and if you're married, don't watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> It is uh, inappropriate. Well, I mean, uh, unless you're open, you have an open mind spouse. Yeah, and actually, you know, Christine would <laughs> an love open it. marriage. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. That's not, not not that type of thing. But yeah, <laughs> more like uh, easily offended sort of. Oh, okay. I mean, the '60s sensibilities or lack thereof are definitely. Uh... <laughs> oh my gosh, and it's labeled wrong. So this is good. All right, I think we're good. Um, what do you think? Should we get this show on the road? On the road? What's that? What's that road look like anyway? <laughs> roads? <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need roads. We probably do need them, but okay. All right. Live from KOIR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio. Welcome to episode 24 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, August 9th, 2018, and the time is now approximately 7.21 p.m. Central. Thanks for joining us in the Arcade Sphere. This is your host, Adam Kardashian. You're always <laughs> trying to throw me off. <laughs> Tonight, I'm joined by Mark Time Runner Shields, and the guest host of Arcade Radio this week is the one and only Crafty Mech. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. You're, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Doctor? Thank you. Doctor. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this is Arcade Radio uh, podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Crafty Mech, or Aaron, as your real name or may be. Mr. Mech. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Mech. Aaron's I'll just call you Mr. Mech. Uh, so let's, let's <laughs> we'll keep your, what, should, what we'll do you keep think? Uh, secret identity. Secret. Yeah, sorry, Adam. Go ahead. Oh, no. You, go, you were going to say something about a secret identity? <laughs> yeah, I know. What? what I guess we should wait till the interview when we ask, how did you come up with Crafty Mac? But we'll sure. wait. 
All right. Let's wait one hour and then ask. Yes. Um, (laughs) So, Mark, what have you been working on? Oh, my God. I have so many things. Um, Let me see. I I think it's time for sunglasses now. Well, I I have a bit kit, but it's on the shelf, and I want to update it. So I've got that. Um, I don't have a target cabinet for it. I did... I did have a cabinet that I thought I would do this, you know, conversion to, but um, uh, like about a month and a half ago, I got a ladybug, mm. and it was in a Dynamo cabinet. It actually says the classic <laughs> line on its control panel, like Dynamo. You know, wow. it, it's very generic, and I was like, this is very strange. I bought it from some guy off of uh, next door, actually, and they. That's a secret, you know. If you want to go find uh, arcade games, like grinder. No, next door is like this thing where crazy neighbors like reveal their political aspirations and that they're religious, and you don't really want to know. All the things <laughs> Our neighborhood doing. is pretty not that way. Well, mine. I'm in Texas, and I am completely opposite of what about eighty nine, ninety five percent of the people here. So, <laughs> yeah, you know that happens. Um, what do you do, right? You, so you we don't get invited to the you know the the block party. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> well, well, we still love you, Mark. Yes. Anyway, so I got this thing, and uh, I realized that it is su- a super super rare cabinet. It is a Dynamo mm. generic cabinet built before they built their HS series of cabinets. The bottom is totally trashed. It was falling. The bottom completely fell out of it actually when I was pulling it off my trailer. <laughs> So I learned woodworking again. I now own a skill saw or whatever you call it, a circular saw. And circular I built a saw, probably. Yeah. yeah, I built a new bottom and I bondoed the uh, edges of the MDF where they meet the bondo. Learned a whole bunch <clears throat> of stuff. Used cabinet screws, and it's in the house now. And I, my wife, it's as, as it turns out, loves Ladybug. It's and, a fantastic and game to play. To play it, we I reviewed a like a ColecoVision. Uh, you know how let's play some ColecoVision Ladybug. That is a really good uh Ladybug's good. Port. It's a fun game. Oh yeah, the port's yeah, good too. The games, the port's good. That Coleco's the best port for sure. That's crazy. And they did, that's they did a I lot of games played. right, including some Exidy games. Yeah, yeah they yes. did. I yeah. know, I know. They must have totally gotten all of the Universal <clears throat> and Exidy titles. Uh, maybe uh, Rockola, maybe I don't I don't know if they did or not. For yeah, I don't remember like Nibbler or anything like that yeah, on Coleco. You know what? Did anybody get Rockola games? Uh, I don't think so. Huh. My computer had Nibbler, like Atari 400, 800, that kind of thing. But I don't remember it on console. But yeah, ColecoVision, um, I remember they had the best arcade ports. By, yeah. I mean, it just blew the 2600 out of the water. Right. Well, so I finished this restore yesterday. I got all the Bondo work done, and I brought it into the house, and I put all the things on it and got it going. And then today I was like, there was, I don't know why, but I had this idea where I was going to go find another person with the same cabinet. And I found a Clove link uh, to an eBay auction that happened in 2015. And the guy had taken the pictures from the eBay auction, which you can't get to anymore. And it was my cabinet, the same cabinet with the same mess on the bottom. I was like, what is happening? Small world. uh, Or yeah, very strange. Anyway, so I had, you know, I posted a follow up to it. And of course, Uh oh, nobody's going to notice it. Do do we just lose him? Oh, we lost Crafty, but I'm sure he'll he'll join back in. He is good. He is a somewhat technically able yeah. person. He's probably going to figure out that he's not on right away. Right. I mean, let's blame his internet connection. Not, not Sorry, him. I'm back. Hey, oh, hey look at that. We were just, just saying. I just disappeared. I just like poof. 
It was gone. <laughs> it was I don't know what the wife's streaming upstairs. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I have. I told my wife you can only watch pre-recorded DVR stuff during the show. <laughs> yeah, I had to tell her. Lily, that she couldn't watch anything except for, you know, or she couldn't download anything, but she could watch things if she wanted to. But Adam has like, uh, you know, the gauntlet with whatever it is you're using, right? You have like some app that controls the speed of all of the. Oh yeah, Google Wi-Fi. You can do that. I can. Yes. Right now, I could prioritize the stream if I wanted to. <laughs> but he's not. No, he's, it's working. He's a, he's a good guy. Anyway, I did all that work in the garage, and so now I'm a garage guy, even though I have a carport, which has two open sides. Um, and that's really it. I have a couple more projects. Um, I, I'm, I'm making a super joust, which is going to be a J-Rocked joust cabinet that somebody had converted into a Street Fighter. And it had, you know what, when, the, when there's like so many buttons in a control panel, I feel very challenged uh, as from, from a woodworking perspective. Sure. But I, but I did win. I mean, hold on. We've got. <laughs> and Mark, just so you know, you can't get you can't put Ladybug on the bit kit yet. That's right. You yeah, can't. not yet. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Well, um, there is a version. There is a version that runs on Galaxian hardware, so yeah. it, it's possible. But I don't know how good it is. <laughs> yeah, I tried to load it, but apparently you have it set so you can only load games that you've approved. Yeah, yeah. I have to actually, I have to actually set them up uh, in the FPGA. You know, the different configurations and stuff so so i have a feature enhancement on this wait let's let him talk about this let me finish so i can put this what is that it's beautiful Uh, so this is the control panel that i you know what i i actually started just restoring all the control panels on all my projects Mm -hmm. because they're so small and so i'm super excited about that okay i think that's all i'm working on but that thing is that's not an easy restore getting the old stuff (laughs) off of there no. I, I did that. It now, took where, me like. Where did you get that overlay from? Because uh, I have a joust. I need to do the same thing to the control panel. Um, it's kind of burnt. Pretty sure that's an arcade shop uh, overlay. That's the one I got. It's okay. pretty good. It's yeah, nice. I got that and the buttons. And yeah. uh, I have two buttons. I built. Yeah, he's got two buttons on each side. I must be using it as a multi. Right, right, yeah. So I got a, you know, my 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 flap, and then I made another button next to it for each one. And that pretty oh, okay. much matches up. A lot of the games on the J-Rock board don't even need a button other than, I mean, obviously Defender and Stargate, Defender, are, they're yeah. not going to be playing on this. Yep. But um, yeah. So you got Robotron. You're going to play Robotron on there with just two oh, ways? Absolutely. I think the only one that I have to make a, 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 a change to is Blaster has Thrust 1 and Thrust 2. I only have enough buttons for Thrust 1 or Thrust 2. I got to like, you know, it's like uh, when you pick which child you want to have live still. It's... <laughs> It's like, like the Sophie's Choice of control. Yes, 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 exactly. Oh dear! Thanks for <laughs> <that> reference. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was going to ask you though on your on your bondo, um, do you use the Jacobson method where you use enough of the second part that it's like really dark red before you apply it? I do put quite a bit, and uh, I get it's like a, a ninety to two minute window. But but plexiglass, you know, uh, plexi is good, you know, as far as making sharp corners. And so I have tons of plexi that I've been using. Uh, Another good thing for having a circular saw is you can cut plexi in pretty much a straight line. Right. And so the the work I had done on my missile command, which was just completely with no plexi, all freehand, terrible. I got to like re-sand all that stuff off and do it again. I have a tip for you. Yes. Um, You know those little... 
drawer sets you can buy that have the little plastic drawers that pull out? No, but I'm ass- assuming you're going to send me a link at some point. No, it's like, it's like you know, the, the those set of drawers you buy for the little components. Uh-huh. And you you're pull, not going to send me a link, is and, what you're saying? No, and you pull the drawer out, uh-huh. and yeah. you can pull Oh, yeah, yeah, like see. at Home Depot yeah, where you yeah. put like... They're your... just a common thing, right? You can but find yeah. them at thrift stores, whatever, and usually they're yeah. missing drawers, right? Hmm. So what I do is I buy one of those sets that's missing and I keep all the drawers and then I snap off the sides and I use those corner pieces to form my, my Bondo on a corner. Cause you oh. can, well, this, this then it's a, had a curved corner. Well, yeah. And you, you can get ones that have curves on them too, but I'm just saying it's a really nice way to make a quick corner and it's like 3d and you just put it on there. It doesn't stick to the Bondo. You pull I it feel off. like I should be in that curved corner plexi making market now. Like now, yeah, somebody has to, right? There you go. I mean, if they were already molded, you just put it on where it needed to be and then you pour your Bondo in it and then bam, it's like, you know, shrinky dinks all over again. Yeah. You make those, you could be a thousand air in no time. Yes. A thousand air. <laughs> I like definitely the a hundred air, a <laughs> hundred air, at least a hundred air. I'm a dollar air. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what have I been working on? Yes. Well, uh, that's one of the reasons uh, Aaron's on the show is because I finally, after having this thing sit around forever and ever, uh, stuck my bit kit inside my Miss Pac-Man. And uh, thanks for all the awesome documentation, and I was able to get it working. And uh, until recently, I was able to get all the ROMs. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> we'll talk about that in a minute but um yeah i i actually had a couple of questions uh for aaron regarding the functionality and he helped me out so that i was like hey you should be on the show and he said sure so here he is um the other thing i'm doing is this sunday i'm going on a little bit of an arcade raid in iowa to iowa and uh with uh, a couple of guys locally here and we're going to pick up some games including uh one journey <clears throat> cocktail so what, a, what, what Brian Armitage? Or? Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, Brian. Brian and probably Eric Bose and maybe Paul Sarnan. Yeah, about. I talked to Brian a lot. Um, I've worked with him on having my PCBs made, and um, we kind of go back about four or five years for my first product I started selling, and something he carried on Paradise. So. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's happy to do that, and he's done a great job of um, doing that for lots of people in the in the hobby. So. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know that he has your bit kits, but I bought yours. I bought mine direct from you, I believe. Oh yeah, that was probably that was early on, like the right first couple months when I was selling them direct. Yeah, I got um, mine. I got uh, mine. Um, I think I was like number fifteen or twenty on the list. So. Yep. Yeah. Nice. I had to support it. I, I didn't even know what it was going to turn out to be, and I, I'm going to love to talk about it a little bit more later. So, what have you been cool. doing working on in the hobby here lately, Mister Crafty? Well, yeah, lately it's been, uh, you know, it's been, it's been all BitKit probably for the last, well, this year, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> the last really, uh, you know, I have a small, uh, I have like seven, seven or eight games downstairs. Well, in the candy cab behind you, but behind me. Um, but, uh, you know, the last things I did arcade related, I put in, uh, finally put in some switchers in my different cabs where I have like an MK2. So I got MK1 and MK2 going in there. Oh, cool. I had my Donkey Kong cap, so I have Donkey Kong 3 and Donkey Kong Jr. finally on you know the two-button switcher where you can hit, like, uh, I think it's the player one, player two buttons. Yeah. Switch between the games, and I did that with my scramble. Are you using, are the, using that Mike's Arcade kit for the... What are they, uh, I think for the Donkey Kong, I ended up buying um, Vector Labs kit. Yes. 
okay. secondhand from somebody, and uh, it's worked great. Um, and uh, Riddle TV is who I used for the uh, MK2 kit, mm-hmm. and uh, for my Scramble kit as well. I've got Scramble Super Cobra, although uh, not spoiler alert, but uh, once I get those on the bit kit, I'm going to put a bit kit in my Scramble cab and uh, oh, nice. take those the original boards out. So nice, good old Scramble. I have a scramble Scrambles project. Great. Totally, totally waiting for you. Although my piranha project, I really should get out. Does that mean Cobra's going on there too, or whatever? There? Yeah, yeah, Cobra, Cobra for sure. Yeah. Damn it! I just sell my PCB right now. <laughs> scramble, I love scramble. It's probably my. It's one of my favorite cabs. Just the uh, the stenciled artwork on the side. Uh, you know oh. that, that bezel is that artwork on the bezel is so awesome. You know that lady's got the flute. Well, it's a flute. Whatever, whatever it is, but. It's great. Let's call. Let's it. call Dan Reed right now. Yeah, let's do it. I'm hitting the button right now. <laughs> see what Dan Reed is up to. What is Dan Reed doing? Good thing I don't know. <laughs> it's gonna be. You have to hang up. Try again. Damn it. Chat's hopping. We got some serious watchers. Tonight. Your call has been forwarded to an automated voice messaging number. system. Nine. Five. Oh, <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> Who do we lose? I hung up on uh, oh. the phone call. <laughs> There's a couple people in the chat talking. Daniel Watkins says, Crafty, look up Voices FYC on Facebook. I'll send you the file for the CPO. That must be the uh, GPO, uh, Joust CPO. There you go. Your call has been... Ow. Yeah. Oh, well. He, went, he, he, he put us straight to voicemail. He dismissed us. Yeah, he's like, I'm not. Uh, Dave from Buffalo is in a uh, uh, Texas Hold'em tournament right now at a casino. That's how dedicated he is to the show. Yeah. <laughs> he's always he's in the tournament and he's watching. Yeah, he's he's a good listener. Um, there may be a shirt coming up, Randall, for that. What's in the joke? But uh, it has to be designed yet. So, or maybe we'll just give away an arcade radio shirt. Yeah, like I'm wearing I'm wearing one right now. Yeah. It's very comfortable. I've gotten almost all the urine smell out of it. <laughs> That's okay for kids, right? Right. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, are we? Uh, we're kid friendly, right? We are kid friendly. Mostly, okay. we're mostly kid friendly. All right, yeah, moving on. I was just gonna say, um, in the chat, Aaron Sanders had the best description of the of the scramble bezel lady <laughs> with the flute, but I'll I'll leave that in the chat. Ah, okay. <laughs> All right. We have to wait for Randall's. Um, oh, Randall says acceptable. Okay, good. <laughs> Here we go. Next section. Okay. It's the arcade news with Adam Stevens. All right. This one is via comicbook.com. Tom, Pac-Man replica arcade game introduced by Numskull will be limited edition. Hmm. So we're getting a lot more games as of late that celebrate the arcade culture while presenting a new way to play games such as the arcade one-up lineup as well as Replicade's forthcoming Tempest and Centipede recreations. But now a company called Numskull is joining the old school party with a little hero of its own, Pac-Man. The company announced on August 7th that it's producing a special one-quarter scale playable replica of the original Pac-Man arcade game in partnership with the team at Bandai Namco. Set to release later this year, the game stands at 16 inches tall 
and features a design strikingly similar to the 1980 game that started it all. Well, is it really the one that started it all, or is it Space Invaders? Mm-hmm. Let's be Space honest, Invaders. really. I mean, I mean, yeah, I Space Invaders. Yeah, but Pac-Man took it to another level. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's yeah, probably, yeah, yeah. That's the well, for one thing, it was in color. It was only one level, but it was definitely another level. <laughs> it was a whole different level. Yeah. Uh, limited to just 10,000 units, the game features high-quality materials that replicate the arcade build, standing about 17 inches. What? It just said 16, and now it says 17. I'm confused. So anyway, uh, it'll also feature a spiffy design with the original artwork, shape, wooden shell, and buttons. So that's kind of cool. Uh, via mobilesyrup.com. I've never even heard of this site, so I don't even know if this is legit. But an engineer says that he fit a playable retro-style arcade game inside a 280-character tweet. What? Okay. So, okay. Uh, when Twitter rolled out its 280-character limit last year, some people just didn't know what to do with it. However, all that extra space didn't confound security engineer Alec Mag... Whoa, I can't even say that guy's name. Mangajarani. Mangarani? Mangarajani? Mangarani. Mang- Close enough. Mangarajani. Sure. He knew just what to do with those 280 characters. Code a video game. So he challenged himself to squeeze a CD-ROM holding the retro-style game into the space of a single tweet. It took him two weeks to complete, and the resulting code works. So you can boot the game in a virtual machine and play it. You can even burn the game to a physical disc. According to the whole according to Alok, the game functions like a cross between Tron and Snake. Well, that's kind of cool. I I dig that. So, like the light cycles in Tron, I'm guessing. Then, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. That's code code golfing. Um, I had I had a friend that he and I would try to do the same thing in Pearl, and you just had to do it as you know as briefly as possible. Interesting. It's an interesting language. So, uh. This one's via hot. Oh boy! This, uh-huh. one, this one's via hothardware.com. That's the yes. So emu and this is just so sad and apropos mm. for the show because ironically I was just using this site for a certain kit that I put into my Miss Pac-Man. Mm. Um, <laughs> but emu paradise rom uh, the rom site shut down today after nearly two decades. Was it today or yesterday? Yesterday. Mm. Yeah. I'm so pour one out. For the yeah, I, <laughs> oh. my Lacroix. Pour one out for the Ramis. <laughs> so, uh, the best part of this is um, there is a letter on the site. You can go read it, but uh, he says it's not worth it for us to risk potentially disastrous consequences. I cannot, in good conscience, risk the futures of our team members who have contributed to the site through the years. We run Emu Paradise for the love of the retro games and for you to be able to revisit those good times unfortunately it's not possible right now to do so in a way that makes everyone happy and keeps us out of trouble so um no more roms at email. and i went and checked you can't get them they're all gone so boom uh many boom of you oh, what's that boom goes the dynamite yeah so he says many of you are aware that the situation uh, in the situation with regards to the emulation sites has been changing recently. What you probably don't know is that we at Emu Paradise have been dealing with similar issues for 18 years of their existence. So so apparently somebody wrote something 
you know, legally threatening, and now they're, they've shut it down. Well, just about three weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, another site called Love Roms, Rom Love, <laughs> Rom Love is probably not right. Don't don't go there. Uh, <laughs> Love Roms. Uh, they got sued by from Nintendo for a hundred million dollars. Oh. So I wonder if that was part of the motivation, because um, that's pretty scary to get. It's one guy that ran that site. He gets sued for a hundred million dollars hmm. by Nintendo. Um, wow. Wonder if they'll so, follow through. I don't know. I think it's, yeah, Nintendo seems to be really stepping it up. I mean, the NES Classic is selling great. Um, that doesn't make I'm any sure sense other... to me, though. Does it make any sense if your product is selling great? Are the people that are downloading the ROMs going to actually? Are they? Aren't they? This... Well, no. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't. I just don't. Uh, yeah, it's it. like the two don't. The two don't go together logically, but um, they're clearly like they're all over the the yeah. They're trying to property. Tr- yeah, they're protecting their IP, and I totally get that. But yeah. Oh, that's, uh, you know, I mean, maybe one day we'll see game, uh, like, you know, the Nintendo ROM download section on their website. I mean, that'd be really weird, but that would be weird. <laughs> it's kind of like Disney. I think they're going to protect those files forever and then just re-release a classic or something. Whatever right. comes after HD, HD TV, you'll have, uh, you'll have that for your new generation television. Hmm. You can whatever 4K then 8K then 8K 4K. yeah 12K Mario Brothers in 12K that's what I want to play yes. yeah but the ROMs don't change you know right so yeah just, just the hardware that outputs it yep yeah. yep I bought one of those retro 77s it comes with an SD card slot you can actually load up some ROMs if you yeah want. load up your own it doesn't let you, um, the weird thing in the console though. market there's people who are making like clone Nintendo's not just Chinese companies, but people here in the U.S. too making clone Nintendo consoles and clone Super Nintendo consoles. Because apparently, and I'm not sure, but the uh, copyrights on the hardware is expired. So yep. you can make your own basic exact copy of the hardware, and that's okay. That yep. runs like original carts. And yep. um, but I wonder if they're adding SD card slots to those or. Well, it's the same uh, same company Hyperkin is making. Hyperkin, okay, right, right, okay. I've heard of those guys. So they do Retron USB um, for the Nintendo. Uh, they do uh, the Retron 77 for Atari 2600. Right. So, you know, and they, they have multiple card um, slots on a couple of them. With You can play SNES cartridges and NES. So it's an interesting market. Uh, and it sort of keeps that collector market going, which is... You know, you're not gonna unless you go get an EverDrive, right? So, <laughs> yeah. So that's uh, that's the news, um, Mark. Uh, over to you. Back in '82, I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to the, to cave, the cave with with time Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? That's right, Doc. There is a problem with the gravitational pull. And the fact is, we're going back 33 years from tonight, August 9th, 2018, back to August 9th, 1985. Wow. Yes. Back to 1985. Yeah. 1985. Was that a, feels, feels a good right? year? It was. I mean, I, I went out with the hottest girl I'd ever gone out with, minus my wife. <laughs> I was uh, watching this at some point. Is that your mom? <laughs> no, no. Uh, he just Stephanie. did a mom joke on you. Anyway, so, that's what you, I, dated, I dated your mom in 1985. Uh, that'd be weird. She was like an older mom, by the way, so I don't think it's going to work for you. 
it's gonna take a long time to get to the <laughs> yeah. Stacy's mom has got it going on. I can see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you you got to that part. <laughs> Let's talk about the arcade news in 1985. Boink. The, yeah, the last issue of Electronic Games magazine was published on this day back then. Oh, it was, really? Yeah, it was the first dedicated video game magazine published I in the United it. States starting uh, back October 29th, 1981. Uh, the magazine was briefly revived a few times, but died penniless in a <laughs> pauper's grave. <laughs> Wait a minute. The, mag- the magazine itself. What exactly is a pauper's grave anyway? I don't know. I actually had to look up pauper's grave. <laughs> it's not a good thing. It's like you're not even using a... You're just basically in a hole in the ground, basically. There's no wood. and <laughs> There's no wood. Yeah, I don't even think, they don't even put a towel over your head when they put the dirt back on. It's awful. <laughs> okay. Okay. I used to love EGM. I uh, I have quite a few episodes of that. UGM. Issues. It, I have quite a few issues of it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I remember buying the last episode. Uh, I mean, issue. I'm sorry. You've been making me say episode. <laughs> the last issue. And then they're like apologizing. I'm like, what? This is it? Yeah. And then I didn't believe it. And sure enough, that was the last one. Man, before the internet, I mean, those magazines, that was, that yeah. was your pipeline. I mean, right. that, was, that was the, that's what was happening. That's, that's the only place to get any kind of info. I know, so, right? I mean, I mean, bless them. They were they, they they got us up to the point where we had internet, and then after that, we didn't need them. Uh, yeah, screw them. They yeah. did revive them though, but then they've they've they died several more times. <laughs> let's see. So then, now let's move on to what was going on at the box office today, August ninth, nineteen eighty five. It's funny because it just happens to be that thirty three years ago today. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, a 1985 American adventure comedy film directed by Tim Burton. Warner Brothers is proud to present... Yes. The story of a guy. Warning, I'm here. Are you sure he was a guy? James Bond kind of stuff. Together for the first time in their first big movie. I meant to do that. That's pretty I love good. that. <laughs> I meant to do that. <laughs> yep, directed by Tim Burton in his first full-length film, directing debut starring Paul Rubens as Pee-wee Herman. And who did the score? Uh, Danny Elfman, of course. Yes. Yes, freaking contrib- I mean, longtime contributor to uh, the films of Tim Burton. Yeah. Uh, Rubens co-wrote the script with Phil Hartman. Oh yeah, Michael Varhol. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Um, It was described as a parody or farce version of the popular 1948 Italian classic, Bicycle Thieves. Oh, I have that one. I know I don't have that on DVD. I mean, we all. I mean, we didn't have it on DVD or VHS. Probably on eight millimeter. Who knows? Um, Yeah, yeah. It's the tale of Pee Wee Herman's nationwide search for his stolen bicycle. After the success of Pee-wee Her- of the Pee-wee Herman show, Rubens began writing the script to Pee-wee's Big Adventure uh, when he was hired by Warner Brothers. <laughs> Producers and uh, Rubens hired Burton to direct when they were impressed with his work on Vincent and Frankenweenie. Uh, filming took place in California and Tejas, actually. Vincent and Frankenweenie. Yes, it's good. It's a good short. You should watch it if you haven't. It is. I mean, they actually have a long, uh, full-length film they 
they made called Frank and Winnie. Have you seen that one? I have not. It is very good. Uh, Do you want me to play the commercial next or? Um, Yeah. So what was the funniest thing that was on TV on August 9th, 1985? Go ahead and play that commercial. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll cue up the commercial and play it right now. Yeah. Just. I'm going to play it right now. Get ready for two hours of hilarious comedy starting with an all-new Life's Most Embarrassing Moments. And once you start laughing, you can't stop when Dean Martin, Scott Bayo, and Shelley Winters join Dom DeLuise and Fran. What the- Thursday, all starting at 8, 7, Central and Mountain. Excuse me, <laughs> Dean Martin, Scott Bayo? How did that happen? Yeah, that I love the, one of the Brat Pack. That's right. So He was not part of the Brat Pack. <laughs> Dean, Martin. Yeah. Dean Martin was part of the yeah. Rat Pack, not the Brat the rat pack. pack. Yeah, he wasn't in the Brat Pack. No. <laughs> Let me just hear that again. I just want to make sure I have this right here. Shelley Winters and, and Scott Baio. Dean Martin, Scott Baio, and Shelley Winters join. Dean Martin, Scott Baio, and Shelley Winters. Two of these things are not like the other. I mean, <laughs> exactly. They must have seen him walking away from the Happy Days set and said, oh my Hey, Baio, come over here. We need you to be on our show. Yeah, because nobody cares about the other two people here. <laughs> oh, I love Dom DeLuise. I didn't even know he had a show. I bet you were going to talk about it. Yeah. Well, anyway, let me tell you about life's most embarrassing moments. It was a series on television of television comedy specials, primarily featuring blooper outtakes, and appeared on the ABC network here in the United States. Uh, the content of the show was primarily gag reels of celebrity mishaps, and I'm sure they're using mishaps as a sort of a word for, you know, bloopers, right? But they couldn't use the word bloopers because there was another show. And uh, that show actually was uh, the NBC show Bloopers and Practical Jokes that show creator Dick Clark had created. Um, they sued the uh, Life's Most embar- Embarrassing Moments folks over it in uh, federal court. The case was eventually dismissed, however, and the dismissal was affirmed on appeal. <laughs> Dick Clark, I've just... Just thinking, hey, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. I mean, he he gave it his all right up to the end. Ten, seven, six. Seven. Did he really do that? (laughs) Yeah, he did. There's video of that? I've never seen a video, but I've, yeah. I believe it. I believe it. He skipped like two digits and then went back and then. There were like 12 numbers in that countdown. Wow. Okay. Adam, I think at some point we're going to build that into the show. We are. We are. Hey, but I have a question for you. <laughs> What's in the juke? Well, hey, you, you you didn't let me have enough time. Dang it! What's in the juke? What? You're supposed to say what? You're supposed to say I have a question for you. Okay, uh, I have a question. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Uh-huh. Here we go again. Is it over? Is it over? Uh, uh, yep. Nope. Yes. Okay. Here we go. All right. We're just going to jump right into this. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, let's go. In 1965, Vietnam seemed like just another foreign war, but it wasn't. This is a hard one, but I love this <laughs> no, song. I, that song was very popular. I think people, people definitely know that There's one. There's a remix of this with like U2 clips in it so, somewhere. Oh, that was, wow. Bam. Casey. Right out of the gate. That was fast. That was really fast. Like, if you knew right away. So that was the uh, 19 by Paul Hardcastle. 
He got a full point for that. Right, All of these it. songs were in the top 40, by the way, on August 9th, 1985. Yep. Randall cheated. Randall is disqualified. What? I don't understand. Oh, he... Well, what's going we'll be on? Be right back, gentlemen. You He's fighting keep in the chat. going. Okay. Um, <laughs> no problem. We'll be we'll be hanging out with you. Uh, so let me play a little more of that song, right? It was different in many ways, and so were those who did the fighting. In World War II, the average age of the combat soldier was 26. In Vietnam, wow, it was 19. In Saigon, a U.S. military spokesman said today, more than seven. That's a good song. I think. Are we ready for the next one, or should we wait for our guest to come back? Yeah, we'll go. The next one's a good one. We kind of sort of mentioned this one in a way. Oh. Wow, that was too short. I I think that's all. <laughs> what's wrong? What is going I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> Just uh, technical difficulties here, folks, as we... So we have... Casey won that point, right? Uh, I put Casey one point, yeah. Yeah, because he was just above Randall, right? And then Casey's yeah. like, Randall cheated. And I'm like, what? How do you, what does it even mean? <laughs> I don't know. They're lolling about it. So I, I think that we can have a, <laughs> we can have a trial later. Well, we got Duran Duran. Uh, that's, that's, <laughs> we're going to have a trial later. Half point. That goes to Randy, right? Sure. Half point. <laughs> you played like half a second of it. Oh my gosh. He got it like when I accidentally played like nothing of it when I was queuing it up. Ah, uh, that's what was going on. I see. Uh, yeah. That's pretty funny. I don't think we're going to give it to him though because Casey's still typed faster than him during the actual contest. <laughs> I can't believe that nobody's gotten the songs. <laughs> Right, we'll play the another part of it. We definitely started playing the song before uh, Randall replied. If, yeah. Oh, that one's too easy. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> They're fighting it. Who's Ken Not Cat? Welcome to the show, Davilope. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Randall. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I can't. What is what's TPG? Test pattern generator. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, thirty years from now, people will be selling and trading these TGPs, and going. Remember GPG. back when they were. <laughs> I cannot believe they didn't get this. I'm actually a little well, offended. Wait, no one has that one yet. No, this is the artist. Oh. Nobody has put it in here yet. It took me one point. Yeah, I know. Seconds. I know. Nice. You and you and I are clearly are on the same same wavelength. Actually, I mean, I, how, where were you in nineteen eighty? The reflex, era? really, guys? Oh my god! Oh, the reflex, no. Oh. I was in. Uh, where was I? Five. I was in middle school in nineteen eighty five in the foothills of Colorado. Oh, enjoying James Bond films featuring Duran Duran soundtracks. Our guest is talking over our game here. Who got it? <laughs> I think that Davilope got it first. I don't see it. Where is a view to a kill in there? Uh, Davilope, view to a kill. Oh, yeah. Davilope. I see him, but someone else was complaining that they typed it in like five minutes ago. That... Oh, Duran Duran five minutes ago. Yeah. All right. So Davilope gets... Half point. Right? Yes. And Randall gets... Half point. All right. Yes. 
<laughs> all right, so finally we can move on to the next song. Yeah, well, this could take all later. night. <laughs> all right. Uh, God dang it. I don't have a lot of these songs tonight. I'm a little. How is this possible? I don't know. Oh, boy. This one's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, this this is weird. Maybe there's like some... Get a taste of the Midwest with Lay's taste... You know, maybe there's like a... a here we go. Never going to get this. I know this song, but... Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's the chorus is like way down. Yep. It's actually a good song. It's one of her better ones. Casey got Pat Benatar and Ryan got the the song. So Casey half pensable and Ryan gets a half point. There you go. Wait, which one's Ryan? British? British 1500, yeah. Got it. It's a pretty good song. Okay, so the next one uh, is uh, that you know um, this one I do have. This is this is a good one. All right, uh, which one do I play though? That's all I'm playing. <laughs> that was the last one was Pat Benatar Invincible. By the way, for the listeners who are listening to this not live, because we keep forgetting to do that. So Howard Jones. Randy. Randy gets a uh, point. And Randy gets a full point. Full point. Yay, Randy. <laughs> or Randall, whichever he prefers. Uh, I saw this band like five years ago. This next one coming up. Yeah. Yep. Um, they're, good. they're real good. Here we go. Oh, so, so easy. <laughs> My God. <laughs> That's all it's so, just iconic. <laughs> That's like almost yeah. You could have played the first clang. What I can name it in one point five notes. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Cannot cat just got a half point. Randy gets a half point. Half point. And cannot cat gets a half point. Good. Speech is mode. <laughs> That's awesome. Who got, who got the other half besides Ken, not Ken? Randy. Randy got another half point. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. People are people by Depeche Mode. That's yes. correct. Yep. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to take a break here. Uh, what? In the middle of this? I know. It's not good. I have a dog that's having an issue, and my I have a okay. ch- child in the house that is not paying attention. Got it. Okay. Uh, um, All right. So we'll take a quick break. Well, from... I can play one more. Let's play one more. I'm just, just one more. What do you think? Yeah, why not? So this is another one I don't have. Ah, so you should just go and we'll come back. Here we go. Here he goes. Oh, boy. They take a little longer to queue up when they, you know. Plus they have there's... a commercial. Yeah, and there's just stupid ads. You should use VIX.com. Go for it. Well, I'm sure. Here we go. 
Oh, what a crappy beginning to a song. <laughs> That's how all their songs begin. <sighs> they they have a very strict format. Ebony and Ivory, wrong. Not Ebony. <laughs> Sorry, Randall. Back to back of the line. It's like 18 bars of crap. No, Ken, it is not an 80s art sounding crap song. So you're walking out on sentimental street. Okay, that's all I'm playing. If they don't get it, they don't get it. All right. <laughs> we should we need a timer. We need the I know. I think I have one somewhere. It says uh, British, I mean Ryan says sounds like a TV show. Up, oh, Randall, Night Ranger, and Sentimental Street. He got it out. Oh, Sentimental Ooh, Street. Randall out in the lead with two points. Well, he, did he get a full point on that? He got a, Randall got a full point. Wow. Wow. Okay. DC, that's not right. The Davelope. <laughs> not no. even close. All right. All right. This one should be quick. Woo! Uh, yep. Mm. Some classic we, right there. We played two seconds of that song. Yep. Oh, to the, I'm gonna play those same two seconds again. Woo! Oh, I played a little bit more that time. Yep. There we go. <laughs> Casey's got it. We got. Yeah, we got Casey got smoking in the boys' room, and Randy gets. I'll give him the uh, half point for that too. Half point. Half point for Randy and a half point for Casey. Half point. Smoking in the boys' room by Motley Crue, not for girls, as it turns out. Oh. <laughs> I, w- I uh, picked up that cassette tape. I'm like, hey, look, four pretty girls singing songs. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt about Heart um, back in the day. <laughs> uh, how dare you? Uh, what? There were girls. Come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> they were, except for, the, the, I mean... They were girls, but there was also guys on the cover. It was a little confusing. Yeah, that's true. They did all look like girls. Okay, I can see where you're, I see where you're coming from. Are you going to go tr- take care of that dog thing? It seems like it's all solving itself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Let's see. That's another one. Yep. Classic. Did we ever get an explanation about whatever the, this is? <laughs> this about- studio? Well, we got Sue Studio. Randy gets Sue Studio, and Phil Collins is Ken, not Cat. So half point half for point. Ken, half point for Randy. Half point. Yeah, that was good. Sue Studio by Phil Collins. That was wait half point for Ken and half point for whom? Randy. Randy. Right. Randy's still in the lead. Three points. Casey with two. Ken, not Cat, one. Ryan and Dave Lope tied with a half point. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Okay, Susu Studio. So what? What is a Susu Studio or whatever? Um, it's a it's a person. Is it? I think so. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I know. Like I've been listening to the song so long, and I'm like, oh, I love that. Yes, <laughs> one second. <laughs> That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> one second. It's a beautiful one. I remember when this song came out, they actually pl- had commercials on TV advertising it, and they played the song in the TV commercial. Whoa, it- whoa. Voices carry. Randy pulls it out. Casey, till Tuesday. They each get a half point. Okay. Can we play a little bit more of that if you don't mind? Okay. Okay. 
so iconic. The last the last track, we're going to play a clip and um it's worth 10 points. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. We've been working hard at it tonight. We have to kind of we got, you know, all right, ready to go. We'll be fair. Oh, I know what that is. It's a one-second clip. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. There you go. <laughs> wow. Dave Lope says, Casey said till Tuesday. And I I just have to say to Dave Lope, you said you spelled Casey wrong, so who's winning? <laughs> it's written on the screen, and he still spelled it with a C. I love it. Love you, Love you, dude. By the way, those those uh, sketches were the bomb, and I'd love to see more um, sketches. <laughs> Casey got the other half, even though he misspelled round. <laughs> so Casey got you. You spin me hoppend and uh, close enough. And dead or alive, Randy has been dead on tonight. Right, Randy won. Uh, Randall with four points, Casey with three, Ken knock at one, and Ryan and Dave have tied. Four points. Yes. Wow. Fantastic job, you guys. Sorry it wasn't as queued up as it usually is, but we made it through. You know. Yeah. It's kinda great. We did we did awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's wow. <laughs> all right. We're done with what's in the juke. Hello and welcome. Okay, so <laughs> I think that leads us to oh wait, uh we should check the voicemail. We have voicemail? Uh I think so. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for calling 612-548-GAME. This is Arcade Radio. Please leave your message after the tone. Hey, Arcade Radio. This is your buddy, Bob Zarzadek, control panel expert. Uh, I've been kind of hiding out for the, from the authorities lately, and uh, so I just have to make a quick little 15-second phone call. I just want to say, hey, I'm listening to everybody. You guys have a good time out there. Uh, say hi to Crafty Mac for me. I love... I love his macaroni and cheese. It is really tasty. You know, uh, feel free to come up with new brand names and uh, other flavors. Uh, my suggestion is um, uh, E1 steak sauce flavor. That's good. I love E1 steak sauce. It's so good. Mm. All right, I'm out of here. Zars a deck out. <laughs> that was that's good to hear from him. He's doing so fast. Sounds like he's doing good. Wow. Yeah, he must like A1 steak sauce. Huh? <laughs> I don't think uh, he's gonna be. He's gonna be upset. Aaron has nothing to do with the uh, craft macaroni and cheese. I love. Kraft. Yeah, I don't. Oh. I don't. But um, crafty macaroni, crafty macaroni and cheese. But <laughs> <laughs> well, we are so funny. I think. Ah, did you just come out with that now? <laughs> we did, like on the ah. fly. Oh, we are so funny. Yes. How did you do that? <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah. All right. Here we go. Wait. Oh, yeah. Please welcome to the show one more time, Mr. Crafty Mech. Yay! Mr. Mech, can you tell us how you got your name? Uh, Well, you know, it started out as, uh, for some reason, Crafty Mechanical. And then I just shorted it to Crafty Mac, and now everybody just kind of calls me Crafty. So <laughs> I probably should have just gone with Crafty, but <laughs> you know, Crafty Mac—it's kind of like a technical name, I guess. But yeah, Crafty Mechanical, Crafty Makes Technical, Makes Crafty sense. Mac. Like it, like it, and Mark. Why don't you kick that, off? 
well, I mean, and then the, I mean, how far back does that go? Like, we're we talking the nineties. I'll be back. Oh, yeah. Did you no, be, I, I, did you do BBSing in the eighties, for instance? Yeah. No, that goes back about uh, five years. Oh, okay. five years. Yeah. So pretty recent. You know, hmm. when I got into the hobby and I wanted to, um, I started uh, selling a scanline generator for uh, like LCD displays to you know kind of look make your LCD look a bit more like an arcade monitor. Yes. Um, and so I needed a name, something to go by, and so I just kind of came up with that and uh, drew that logo in about 15 minutes and said, oh, it looks pretty good. I like simple black and white, and so I've stuck with it ever since. Nice. Hey, I'm going to ask the next question. Sounds like Adam is is uh, going he off. Be, uh, he might be going doing off. stuff, yes. Um, so one of the first questions we ask after we get past your name <laughs> Your arcade origin story, and you know, like, what did, what was the, when did you, what am I trying to say? When did you first get hooked on arcades? What was the gateway drug? Yes. For- yeah. What was your, it, yeah. What was, what was your marijuana equivalent arcade game? I guess, <laughs> whatever it is. Um, I don't know. Yeah, for me, it has to be uh, Pac-Man. Uh, ah. That's that's just what I remember playing uh, in this pizza joint. Uh, where I grew up and the small town I grew up in, we go for pizza every Friday night and they had like just one cocktail machine in there and it was cocktail Pac-Man. And so my parents would give me a few quarters and I'd go play that while we wait for the pizza. And so that, that was it. That was what kind of got me into it. I mean, I was kind of vaguely aware of space invaders and pinball, of course, but, um, uh, you know, pinball was like a big kid's game at the time when I was like seven or eight. So Pac-Man was, that's what got me into it. Wow. And, uh, it was yeah, so I so I was you know that's a soft spot for that game. For sure. yeah, it's interesting. Um, the first per, you're the first person to name Pac-Man as the as really? the favorite inspiration game. Yeah, no, that was that's the game I remember most. And then Galaga was probably my next uh, arcade love after Pac-Man. Sure. And uh, those two games are Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Galaga. They're still like right up there in my top games. But you know, I branched out a lot. Uh, and as a kid, you know, I grew up in a small town, so we didn't really have arcades. Um, we just had like whatever the restaurant had, whatever the grocery store had. My parents would take us to the grocery store on Saturdays. They'd shop for an hour and they had a Donkey Kong, a Donkey Kong junior cabinet. So me and my brother would sit there with a dollar between us and we'd split some games of Donkey Kong uh, and Donkey Kong junior. So that was probably, that was the other game I played a lot in my formative years when I was eight, nine years old. Sweet. Well, and that's kind of, you know, eventually led you to this bit kit thing. Um, yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about FPGA versus MAME and and um, and emulation. I'll I'll do what I think is sort of a an overview of what that means, right? We've yeah. had we've had um, we had one other person on the on the show who was familiar with FPGA. On the opposite side of this, he was doing MAME stuff. He's a friend of mine, Jim Stolis. He's probably the reason for all those gambling machines that you see in the, right. the ROM sets. <laughs> Um, but FPGA field programmer, uh, free f- field programmable gate array, say that 12 times fast. Yeah. <laughs> so in the context of arcade hardware, um, FPGA architecture enables the designer to sort of emulate the schematics of the original hardware and, emu- right. and you emulate it, uh, the original circuits used to run a game essentially. Right. So you're still emulating, but you're now you're emulating at the hardware level. And so this is sort of crucial when you're attempting to create something. Uh, Sorry, I lost 
What's that? Sorry, I lost audio for a second. Here, oh, go on. yeah. So this is sort of crucial when you're attempting to create the same gaming experience that a gamer has used uh, on a game like Nibbler, for example, which is um, maybe one of the reasons the BitKit was invented. So oh, some, yeah, some of these old Rakola games are hard to come by, you know, and people can't play them. Or if they if they buy the game, uh, the boards are irreparable. So getting something like this allows them to retrofit their game and and, I'll, and get it to run. So I think that's pretty awesome. So in the case of the BitKit, you've been able to emulate like hardware and run games that were originally designed to run on the Nibbler platform as well as Pac-Man hardware. And right. I, and uh, I don't and know like how different... What you said initially about FPGA is true. Um, you know, it, it field programmable Gatorade sounds pretty intimidating, but basically it's just a blank slate where um, you're given... In, in this day and age, like a million different little bits of logic. And you can look at a schematic and you can program that logic to mirror exactly what you see on a schematic, exactly what the real hardware looked like and get all the game timing, uh, very precise, um, without any overhead. So like an emulation on a computer, like a PC or a Raspberry Pi, you have a computer running the CPU, a modern CPU and some kind of storage medium and operating yeah. system. You have all these layers that are running. And then you write your software to do the emulation, and that software runs on all this other stuff. Right, and, uh, with an F- and you're running, oh, with- you're running, a, you're basically running a software version of the board at that point, like when in Mame, right? Right. Yeah. M- m- yeah. More or less. Um, like, and what Mame does is, for instance, video and audio. It's usually creating equivalences. Like it has its own video engine that it basically kind of figures out how each game would fit into that, and it uses its own routines to do the tiles, the, you know, to, to map the display. Whereas in an FPGA, you're doing the exact same uh, digital logic to create the video output, to create the audio output, or you're trying to get it as close as you can. So, um, but when you do that on a computer in Mame, the problem is is that computers vary, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, whatever, just, whatever your CPU is, how much of a RAM you have, whatever, you know, and they're all not going to run the same. I mean, they, they'll be close, but you'll have variances. And so sound and I is think off. They, I mean, MAME has like come, that. it's come so far. I remember I started using it, I think 96, 96, 97 mm-hmm. is when I first, and I was a MAME guy at first. I was totally into emulation and uh, I loved it. And, um, you know, that's how I kind of got at first into the hobby. I didn't end up building a cab, but I always wanted to. It was like on my mind for like, three or four years and I just never got around to it. Sure. And um, so, I mean, the meme has come so far uh, that now it is pretty, I mean, it, in my experience, it's pretty close on different machines, but you never know what's going on under the hood. I mean, I'm, I'm on a laptop, someone else is on a desktop. And that's the one thing with FPGA is it's, you know, every board I make, every board I program, every bit kit I program and send out the door, it's going to behave exactly the same as every other one. They're all going to behave exactly the same. Right. Um, and that way from my quality assurance perspective, I mean, I can play test it. I send it out to some guys that I've talked to and gotten to know world record holders on different games. They play test it. And if they say it's good, I know that everybody that puts a bit kit in their cab is going to have that exact same experience. So that is the advantage of FPGA. It's it, you can set it and forget it yeah. in terms of compatibility. There's no video drivers. There's no sound drivers. There's no display drivers. Uh, things that you, you run into with a Raspberry Pi a computer. So it's similar but different worlds between software emulation and FPGA. Um, now, you know, you look at MAME today, it can run all your latest games up to like 2000 and beyond. That's that's a limitation of FPGA today is that 
to get to that level where you can run these like advanced, I don't know. I was, I was pretty much out of the arcades by the late nineties, but sure. you know, you've got like Naomi and CPS two and you know, some of the advanced Comcat, Capcom cabs, FPGA is not quite there to be able to handle that. So that's why the classic games are really good for it because they're simple eight bit systems. And, um, you know, I think when J rock did his multi Williams, he demonstrated that you could get FPGA to behave identical to the original hardware. Um, on these simpler, more, you know, basic, I want to say basic, because they're pretty advanced when you think about it, but compared to what we have today, it was pretty basic hardware. Right. So, um, Nibbler was sort of the, the inspiration. Any particular reason why you started with that game? You know, I actually, um, trying to think, yeah, I ended up with, uh, uh, a Nibbler board that I bought, um, for one reason or another. And then I came across, it didn't work. And so I kind of started playing around with fixing it and realized, um, you know, this is a really basic board, no custom chips. It's almost all straight digital logic. You know, it's a 6502 CPU, which is a CPU I knew pretty well because they were in Apple II computers and Commodore 64 computers had a version of it. So I was pretty familiar with the architecture and said, this would be a good place to start to maybe play around with FPGA. So actually, Adam Korchesny, um, he sent me his old development kit that he had at home and I built the Nibbler prototype on that FPGA kit. And uh, yeah, I posted on Clob and I started that thread where I said, you know, I'm, I'm doing this. Is anybody interested? <laughs> and I started to get a good responses and it just kind of grew from there. And, you know, then I figured out I could add different games and now um, Tim McVeigh was on our, our show and he's done, yeah. a, he's done a little bit of promotion for your board. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, no, like, hooking up with Tim was great because, um, you know, I'd watched Man vs. Snake about halfway through the development of Nibbler on the bit kit. And at, in the back of my mind, I was like, I've got to get this board in the hands of Tim, because if anyone's going to play test this and tell me this works the way it's supposed to, it's going to be that guy. And another clobber uh, kind of introduced us, and we talked via email, and I ended up sending him a prototype board. And it was great when I got the feedback from him. He's like, yeah, I, this, this is great. Just a few sound fixes, and I did that, and you'll be 100%. So um, that was really cool. So I talked to him a couple times and, you know, he's been a part of my Facebook test group for the bit kit. And uh, it's been really fun um, just being able to see him like live stream some nibbler play uh, on the bit kit. And um, he's, uh, he talked about doing a billion points, but I think he's kind of a little bit burned out on nibbler marathon. So maybe one day he might do a billion points in the bit kit. We'll see. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Yeah. He had a, he had a rough go of it the last time around. Sorry, go go ahead, Mark. Right, Dwayne Richard, the other guy who had the fast Nibbler hardware. I guess right, I, wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be showing him Nibbler going, hey, what do you think if you didn't know that this was already running too fast? And... Well, well, you know, I, the weird thing is I've met, I've met Dwayne a few times, and yes. I, actually, um, I actually ended up with his board that, uh, that oh, was the my. fast board, and I did my own kind of analysis on it. Um, because I realized watching Man vs. Snake that when I first got Nibbler running on the bit kit, it ran too fast. And I figured out eventually why it ran too fast. And I suspected once I watched Man vs. Snake that that was the same problem with, with uh, Dwayne's board. And I uh, actually got a chance to look at his board. And, um, and yeah, it was the same issue. So um, that was so kind of cool. It, w- so, it wasn't just the processor type? It was so... No, it, well, it was a pin. It was a pin on the processor that... Um, okay, okay. Because they explained it in the, the movie, too. Yeah. That slowed the CPU down because in those days, 
whatever system the guys in Japan made the Nibbler hardware from, and it was pretty low rent. I mean, it looked like they kind of patched some stuff together, like Dolly Parton's quilt of many colors huh. kind of thing. So it wasn't really the most sophisticated hardware. And um, so it was actually made for slower RAM. And so you'd have to slow the CPU down to make sure that you weren't going too fast for the memory. And in the case of Nibbler, they didn't need that, but they still used it. So the CPU ran at half speed, but on Dwayne's board, that pin was defective. That basically made the CPU skip every other cycle and run half as fast. So his ran at full speed. And that's what my bit keep my BitKit version did too at first. And the same things happened on his board. The intermissions, I'm not, the titles are really fast. The sound was kind of off. And so, yeah, I mean, and they, in the Man vs. Snake movie, they did, the guy that did the technical analysis got it right too. Um, but Dwayne was asking me once, once I met him and we talked, is this, was this right? So I wanted to take a look at his board and I said, yeah, it was right. You know, they, they got it right. And um, so that was cool. I mean, I think it gave him some peace of mind. Wow. I had no idea. It was just off the cuff. I only remembered his name because I'm like, ask a Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's Once a little hot uh, He's an interesting guy. He's got some interesting stories. Oh, I want to have him on the show. I think he'd be great to have on the show. I think <laughs> might, might not be able to talk if he's on, but. Right. You know, yeah, he has a lot to say, yeah. and uh, he's got a lot of interesting stories. It'd be interesting to, to get his perspective now on Billy Mitchell because, I mean, he's been saying the same things for like 10, 15 years, mm -hmm. um, ever since his falling out kind of with the Twin Galaxies crew. But I don't know anything about that. I stay away from the high school world. High score world, I don't really know anything about it. Yeah, we've, we um, focused a little bit on it, but we're trying to stay out of it too. I mean, it, yeah. it's, yeah. it's kind we of a We want to interview these guys. It doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like I like to play games. I like to create stuff, make product. You know, I, I mean, I've always liked to make things. So, you know, you restore them, you work on them. I probably do that more than I play them. Yeah. Um, I think that any true hobbyist does. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm not good at anything, really. I mean, I'm, I'm okay. Uh, Pac Man, I'm pretty good at because I played that pretty hard my whole life. But uh, Miss Pac-Man, I'm all right. At Galaga, I can get like half a million, you know, on, on regular slow, you know, without the fast shot. But, uh, yeah, I'm not good at anything else. Tell us how many games you've got running on that uh, BitKit of yours. Right now, it supports 16 games. So it started out with just the Nibbler hardware, which was uh, Nibbler, Fantasy, Pioneer Balloon, Vanguard, and a really brutal game called Zarzon. Yeah, I played it as hard. just terrified kids and i mean they, they probably played it once and then ran has away an alternate crying. name too doesn't it? it it's a good game but it's so hard there, yeah there's an alternate name for that game right uh, satan of saturn which yeah. <laughs> japanese are just weird it must be i, I think the grasp satan of the english of... language wasn't happening there because <laughs> you put satan in the name of your video game for for satan? american arcades <laughs> you know? well we had satan's I mean, hollow satan's too. hollow but you know sure um, but those are the first five games. And then I said, after that hardware was done and the games were verified and they worked great and people were enjoying those, I knew I wanted to do pack hardware because I'm a big Pac-Man fan. Um, and Eyes, another Rockola game, runs on pack hardware, so I kind of wanted to keep with the Rockola theme. Yeah. So then we got Eyes, uh, Agor, Mr. TNT, which are three Sanchez games. Mr. Um, TNT is that so go under fun. the radar. I love Tech Mr. Star Sanchez yeah. was the developer. And then uh, Piranha, uh, which was a Pac-Man riff uh, with a nautical theme. Uh, Titan, which was an unreleased game. Not unreleased, but it was only in Europe. Um, uh, 
KMC, uh, also known as Cool Mo Craig, uh, uh, and Clav and other places, uh, he acquired a board and asked me if I was interested in it, uh, just putting it on the bit kit. So he sent me the board and I, I dumped the ROMs and uh, got it running on the bit kit. So now Titan is on the bit kit and then I submitted it to MAME. So awesome. you can also now play Titan and MAME for the first time in the last month or so. Um, and that's another Pac-Man variant. I think it's better than Piranha. It's uh, It's got more of an Aztec Space Man kind of thing going on. So cool. I think it's kind of fun. And then you got Pingo, uh, Lizard Wizard, and um, the Glob, and Beastie Feastie, which um, were some other Pac-Man uh, kits that were sold for use on Pac-Man boards. So you had a little daughter board, and you put it on your Pac-Man board, and you could convert it to Lizard Wizard or, or the Glob. And then, and then the three pack games, Pac-Man, Pac-Man Plus, and Miss Pac-Man. So, yeah. Very that's cool. All, that's all right now. Yeah, so. So, and this, and you can get the bit kit through, do you still sell it or are you just through the outlets now? Yeah, now I'm, now I'm selling it through uh, my, my vendors. So, um, I think it's in four places now. So, you've got Arcade Shop, three places, arcadeshop.com, uh, highscoresaves.com, and Paradise Arcade Shop. Paradise Arcade! We, t- yeah, we they so, get yeah. they get a free plug on this show every week. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's great. <laughs> They're great. Brian's a great guy. Brian's helped me out a lot. Um, I actually uh, work with Brian on getting the Bitkit PCBs made and uh, and the TPG PCBs made. So he's been a good Sweet. business partner in that regard. I'll have to steal one of those from his shop next time I'm over there. Why? <laughs> he has one. He has he has my original. Uh, well, it's the eighth prototype that was made, but it was the one that was actually the gold version. You know, like the gold version of the CD before the game ships. So <laughs> he he has like the official bit kit number one. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I was talking about the TPG. I already have the bit kit. I just want the TPG now. Oh, the TPG. Yeah, <laughs> yep. He sells those too, and um, so does Arcade Shop and HighScoreSaves.com. But so, coming up on the bit kit is uh, Scramble and Galaxian hardware is what I'm working on right now. So between they're really the same platform, but between that platform, there's probably like a good dozen or so games. Um, you know, like Scramble, Super Cobra, Anteater, Frogger, uh, The End, uh, Turtles. Um, a lot of lesser name games like uh, Calypso, Mariner, um, and then you got Galaxian, Jump Bug, uh, Mooncrusta. There's a few others I'm probably and potentially so I'm, a, that's in the future. Yeah, that's and potentially future. a Ladybug ripoff that runs on Galaxian. There Apple. is, yeah. <laughs> the sounds are a little off, but it is it, it's Ladybug. Cool hmm. for sure. Um, I have a couple of uh, feature requests. All right, shoot. Um, I think we talked about the sound on Pac-Man. You're still kind of working on that, right? Yeah, so there's uh, the latest update I had um, fixed a couple little popping problems. That was a couple weeks ago, but but it's still not 100. percent So um, that's something I'm still fixing. I just noticed when I went from um, my 96 and one kit, right, to this, um, that the, the base was, was a little flat. Yeah, this is a little different. So. The analog part of these uh, games is always the challenge because FPGA is completely digital. But, sure. I mean, the BitKit has an analog sound section um, that's pretty versatile. But it, it does take a little while, a little, a little extra work to get try to get the analog as close as I can Tweaking. for the sound. So that's still in there on the pack games. I'm, I don't 100% like officially support Pac-Man just because of Namco. Uh, but sure, I want to sure. get it right, so I'm still working on that. The games run great. It's just there's a couple little things like you mentioned with the sound um, that are that are a little noticeable on like Miss Pac and Pac Man. 
I also noticed that the video doesn't align quite right, and you you pointed a couple of settings out to me, so I've got things working pretty good now. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, the one thing that I, is very interesting to me is that the different hardware platforms literally display differently on the same monitor. Yeah, and that's true because they all kind of used a little bit different video circuits. I mean, the timing was a little bit different. So what I've tried to do is um, push them together a little bit. So like for Nibbler, that's that's what the menu runs on. So that's kind of my foundation. So okay. for the pack hardware, I adjusted it a little bit so that um, the, the screen position, you know, where it appeared up and down on your screen was closer to where Nibbler is. So you wouldn't have to adjust your monitor as much. But for people who have like an original Miss Pac-Man cab, when they put the BitKit in, launch Pac-Man for the first time, <laughs> it's like, wait, wait a minute, this is kind of off. It should be up here. It's because I, I kind of I pushed the video signal a little bit so it'd be closer so to what how the I'm doing. Yeah. So how, was, so. so how I'm doing it is I'm running Miss Pac-Man. I'm stretching it out the way I like it vertically. Right. Uh, which is really horizontally. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. It's yeah. always confusing. <laughs> And, um, and so I've got, you know, at the very bottom, you see your, your score and your guys in, and the keys for the level. Um, yeah. and, and, um, when you do that, the bit kit is kind of squished up a little bit. So you, right. you get this gap, but it's sort of a happy medium. I have to decide what, you know, what are people going to play when they walk up to this machine? Probably Miss Pac-Man because right. it's Miss Pac-Man. So they're going to want to do that first. You can still play Nibbler. You can still play the other games. Um, and then the shift differential, I had to actually go number two. So mine, oh, okay. So number shift two order. worked out for you. And it was because I have a newer Wells Gardner in there. Probably that might affect it too. Uh, okay. So I'm not really sure, but that Wells Gardner is fantastic. It's full, fully digital is one of the last ones. It was, oh, good. Yeah. yeah so, so it's, it's a digital, does digital sync. So those are pretty yeah. good at like auto centering. Yeah. Um, and, and then the other, the other thing I wanted to say was I love beastie feasty and, uh, Oh, it's great. Uh, is that a glob? Is that glob the same the same game? Yeah, okay. yeah. They made uh they made the glob, super glob, and beastie feastie, and they're really all the same game. But beastie is such a better mix of uh, the whole gameplay of the glob. I mean, yeah. it's more balanced. Like the glob gets really fast. Beastie kind of ramps up progressively. The levels are designed better. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, beastie I think is the one to play. It's so sure. fun. Love that game. I'm so glad that I got to try it out. It's so, so you look at it the first time and you're like what is this thing about? But then when you get the elevators and all the, you know, yeah. it's like, there's a lot of strategy. It's like, it's almost like uh, kind of mappy ish. And there's a lot of strategy and like, you know, figuring out where you're going to go with the elevators and how you're going to collect those carrots. And then the, all you need to know about that game is the monkeys are assholes. Yeah. <laughs> so in addition to the sound you're working on, here's my two feature enhancement requests. Number one okay. is I'd like to be able to run more than one version of Miss Pac-Man on the menu. Right. So, <laughs> okay <laughs> well yeah that's something i looked at uh when i i looked at the different pack versions when i started adding those games and i do have kind of like a limited amount of uh slots in yeah. the uh yep. you know that hold all the different game configurations so i have to be a little careful uh because i can't add like 20 different versions of like because there's like 20 different pac-man hacks sure but i could probably add a couple extra ones as time goes on uh the, the more popular ones i checked them out I haven't checked out the Miss Pac hacks. I checked out mostly Pac-Man. I would really and, just uh, like to run like Pac-Man and Pac-Man fast and Miss Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man fast. 
And oh, I see what you're saying. So, I see what like, you're if saying. somebody sits down at the game, they they don't yeah. they have to go into options. They're not going to want to do that. They're just gonna, and then some. Right. Pe- there yeah. are some people that insist on playing the slow version of Miss Pac-Man, which I don't know why. Why? Why would you do that? I don't know. <laughs> no, that, okay, so that's interesting. Then. Yeah, because that's a little different than than different ROM sets. Yeah, um, and, and I prefer to aren't... play Pac-Man slow. Yeah, and I prefer to play Pac-Man Miss Plus Pac-Man. at its regular speed. Because it's slightly faster. Than it's a Pac-Man. little faster, yeah. Yeah, and but Miss Pac-Man, I love to play fast, so I just like to have those options for the people that right. want to do it. So for the people that don't have bit kits that are listening, um, in the options you can turn on fast mode for Pac or Pac yeah. Plus or Miss Pac. But since there's only one, you know, one uh, version of that in the menu, it's either on or off for fast. So right. you're asking to have two of those, where you can have a slow and a fast at the same time. Right. Now that's something I can. Yeah, that's a possibility. I can see that. And maybe I, it's maybe it's something as simple as you know, I it might not take up a whole slot if you can work it right. I'm not sure. But right, it could. Yeah, I wonder if I could. It could actually be turned off and on on the fly if I had a a little cheat key for that. If you you know if you button combination, you could turn fast and slow off on oh, the fly. And this may be not even a feature enhancement request, but on that same note. Um, when you press on uh, mine, since I just had player one and player two to get right. into the menu, I have to player hit both of them at the same time. Um, do you have the option to change that key combo and add oh, like a joystick the, move? The reset to get back to the menu. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, under, um, and let's see under, under options and controls, you can switch that between player one, player two start or up on joystick player one start. Okay. That's, mm, nice. that's, It'd be good if you could do even like player one, player two, and up or down or something because when you play Beastie Feasty, oh right, I reset yeah. the game all the time. It's driving yeah, me nuts. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, because <laughs> in a pet cab, you don't have a button. You're right. using your player one and player right. two buttons for yeah. buttons, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because that is and up start wouldn't help you because you're you're doing up and you're hitting start anyway. Right. So, so you you're likely mm-hmm. to reset it again. So if if it was like a three way combo, like push to the left or the right or the down or up, I think Doyle's does right and both buttons or something. I can't remember, but you know, right. most of the people don't know how to get into the menu anyway, but. Um, you know, if I have a party, it's going to probably be on Miss Pac-Man like 99% of the time. I'm the one that's going to be playing the other games and right. put another one on there for somebody to play. So. I get add the delay, too, because right now there's no delay on that restart. You hit player one, player two start oh, just yeah. for a split second. So I could add a, like a second delay, so that way playing Beastie wouldn't trigger that by accident. You'd have to hold them down. Even like a three, kinda... three or four second delay would be good because, you know, no one's going to hold it down that long. Yeah. So yeah, take the vector labs approach with the timing. Yeah. I, I do that. like the, like the rapid restart, which is great for me when I'm testing, but that could probably be a menu option where you could just configure it and like, yeah, very cool. No delay. One second, two second, three second, whatever you want. Right. Yeah. Then no, that's a good idea. Cause I, I was playing beastie on my cab and I have an ice cab. So I only have one button, but it's a two button game. So I was using player one and player two start. And I was having that same problem. I was like having a really good game. Well, for me, I was like 60,000 points and I, I rebooted it like right at the end, like in my last guy by accident. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, those are uh, good suggestions. So, so th- those are, you know, otherwise I think this thing is so flipping fun. I mean, just to have the ability to, I, I just love having multi games, uh, you know, that, that are true to the original thing. So, yeah, that was, that's been my, that's what's really important to me is curating the collection, so to speak, so that, um, you know, the games play the way they're supposed to. 
they play as accurate as they can get them. And, um, you know, there's not a lot of filler. Um, there's a lot of other games on the pack hardware that were kind of, uh, you know, kind of crappy or bootlegs. So I'm trying to, instead of like a 2001, uh, or 1901 game, you know, I'm trying to keep it smaller set quality games that play right. You got the high score saving, um, which you can upload and share online. Um, and then the menu for all the configuration, the settings. So just trying to keep the experience pretty tight. So, People have asked me, well, there's only uh, 24 slots, that you, 24 different games you can have on the Bit Kit. That's true. Um, but I found, at least for me, that having a smaller number of games on a multi board helps me to focus on yeah, and, you know, the games that I want. And truly, right now, I have like all the slots filled up with, yeah. with duplicates. So I just need to remove like Satan of Saturn or keep it because it's funny. You know, right. <laughs> get rid of Zard. You know, but it's like. You, all the dupes you can kind of, and then choose yeah, what you, you want to run. you can decide what you want. I mean, like when I first launched the board, it supported six versions of Nibbler. So you could have six different versions of Nibbler on the big kit. So right. I'm probably going to scale that back as we go on because I need to recycle those config slots. Yeah, and, and um, there's only, there's a, I mean, most people just play six and nine, right? So Yeah, six and nine, and then Olympia is the third one. That's like, and that's brutal. So if you're a good player, Olympia will give you an even bigger challenge. Um, but the other three, including the one with music, um, yeah, I can. Get, I could. Pro- I'll probably. <laughs> what do you call it? Retcon those. I'll probably retcon those at yeah, some point. Yeah, like they never happened. Like they never happened, and um, and reuse those slots for some of the new Galaxian Scramble. Yeah, that'd be hardware. cool. That'd be cool. Yeah, oh, but, um, interesting. Hey, it's so interesting. Go ahead, Mark. Hey, so uh, you know, th- this is more in your past. Uh, you know, did you ever a- actually stop playing arcade games for any length of time? Because we all sort of had our little, uh, yeah. our little breaks where we didn't. Yeah, I would say probably late nineties. Um, you know, I, I remember in college they had a Neo Geo, and when I saw that and started playing like Magician Lord and Fatal Fury, I was like, this thing is awesome. And that was great. That was like 92 and Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat 2. So that took me up to like 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say the late half of the 90s, um, they just all disappeared. I mean, there weren't any arcades anymore. There weren't any games anymore. And I was doing, I was out, and, you know, doing other things. And um, it was probably like, but, you know, uh, MAME, speaking of MAME again, like 2000, 2006, <laughs> 1996, 1996, 1997, I started getting into MAME. And so I guess I really never took a break because I was downloading, I was downloading the ROMs and I was, you know, I was playing them on my desktop at home and I was dreaming of making a MAME arcade. And so um, maybe the early 2000s, I took a break completely, probably until about 2010. I think that's when I got back into the hobby. It was about, speak- yeah, about eight years ago. And speaking of getting back into the hobby, what, what exactly got you sort of interested in cl- collecting physical games? Yeah, that's like it's like a slippery slope because I started out with uh, I got back into it just um, interested in kind of emulation again, but then I quickly got interested in um, like the original arcade boards, mm-hmm. and um, you know I kind of been doing some some electronic projects on my own, hobby wise. Like I built an arcade stick for my original Xbox, a USB arcade stick, and oh. stuff like that. And when I found out you could buy like the original arcade boards on eBay, and they were they were pretty cheap at that point, <laughs> you know, you could buy one for like thirty bucks. So you know, I started buying a couple boards and seeing if I could hook them up at home to a VGA display and kind of figuring out all that stuff. And and then after a while, I was like, well, if I can buy the board, I can probably just buy the whole game. 
And, uh, and that's when I, uh, what was the first game I got? Uh, first game I had was actually, <laughs> this is a crazy first game. Um, but uh, what was it? Well, it might've been the red tent, but I don't think it was the red tent. I think it was, it might've been, it was probably my MK2 project. I picked up a cab for MK2 that was totally converted. A friend of mine, um, 34K, who you guys met oh, 34K, Andrew, yes. he had, he had bought it, uh, converted to Surf Planet. And he had turned it into a MAME cabinet. So I picked that up off him and reconverted it back to MK2. And then he was restoring three red tents. And I, I said, well, I got to have one of those. Uh. And so I ended up picking up a red tent for him that he'd completely and beautifully restored, like auto-grade paint, you know, professionally done by Sam, who you just had on your podcast. Yes, Sam Bauman. Sam, he, he did the painting on that. Wow. Um, so those are my first two that I got. The red tent, beautiful red tent. And uh, uh, I restored an MK2 from the ground up, which is fun. God, that's so awesome. Um, let me think. Uh, I'm 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 looking through my list of questions here. What are your What are your top five most favorite arcade games? Well, we've talked about a few of them. Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. Galaga. Yes. This one. Um, this one came later, and you know I was never any good at it, but I played it on console. I played in the arcade, so it's got to be Street Fighter Two. Just, uh, oh, I don't yeah. know, classic. Um, but, you know, the rest are all going to be earlier. I think it's like 80 to 84 is like my time period. Well, I take that back because uh, I'm going to have more than five. But the Capcom, the pre-CPS1 Capcom games, uh, like Ghosts and Goblins, Gunsmoke. I don't know. There's just something about those games. They're just really tight. Um, <laughs> Donkey Kong Jr., that was an early love of mine. So you can add that one on the list. Um, so over yeah. Donkey Kong versus Donkey Kong Jr., you would lean towards the junior. Oh yeah, definitely junior for me. I was never any good at the original, and um, holy I think the crap, Donkey Kong it. Jr. is harder than hell. <laughs> it's more <laughs> colorful, I think. It is for some reason. A lot I'm more animation. Oh my god! And the 2600 version of Donkey Kong pissed me off so much. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, that, um, you know, I, but I love junior. So yeah, junior is my favorite and Donkey Kong three. I love three too. I may even like those two more than the original Donkey Kong. I know that's speaking that's horrible, of, you know, going back to our earlier conversation, the ColecoVision, you know, they did a, obviously a better job with all the Donkey Kong games, but Donkey Kong junior on the ColecoVision was legit. That oh, I know it was totally legit. Yeah. That was actually the first time I played junior before yep. I, I, I saw me it on Coleco me before too. it was even in the arcade for me. Same with mousetrap. Huh? Yep, both those, and I have both of them now, both the arcade versions. Ah, Coleco, good job, Coleco. Yeah, man, I have like three Coleco visions. I should send you one. <laughs> I'm serious. I do. I don't. What I am I going to do with three of them? That, uh, it's funny. I lent it out to some friend of my mom's, and then I was asking for it for th- literally three years. I got it back. It was destroyed. Oh, well, I have one that I did a component mod on, so you can have that one. Wow. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, we're going to come up to Minnesota, so. When? And Scramble. Sorry, I forgot Scramble. Oh, yeah, Scramble. <laughs> scramble is yes. awesome. That's, That's going to be awesome. We were just talking about it. We were talking about the cabinet is so awesome on that. Um, and Moon Patrol. I left out Moon Patrol, too. So what? That's another game. That's another game oh, with yeah. an awesome cabinet. Interesting. I sold my Moon Patrol. What? Really? Yeah, top down. I just, no. I traded a, a J-Rock multi-William Stargate for the Moon Patrol that I have. You know, I... Moon Patrol is a fun game. I have fond memories of it. I, I first time I ever yeah. played that game it was on the Apple II C. 
Um, mm. Oh, okay. Green yeah. on my nine inch green and white screen, and um, I I love that thing. Uh, Moon Patrol is a fun game, but I, I had to make room, and it's not as fun as the other games I have. So I had to I make see. a choice. Maybe one day I'll get another one, but it's also one of those games where, like, when you play it after, you know, about, I don't know, 10 or 12 times, you're kind of done with it for a while. But hey, Aaron, question, Aaron, that Moon Patrol love, where did that come from? Like, where did you play Moon Patrol? Um, I remember playing it just in various arcades. Oh. Um, well, actually, one of them. And I'll tell you, this is this is something about Colorado. Um, Casa Bonito. If you've never been to yes. Casa I just uh, it's just funny. I drove my DeLorean past it. I was with the <laughs> yeah. dude. And he goes, hey, that's Casa Bonita. And I'm like, oh, we are turning around. <laughs> I mean, it's the shittiest food on the planet. Please don't, <laughs> please don't sue me. It, it is the crappiest food ever. It, it comes out of a, a hole in the wall. I mean, literally, it's like an oval cutout. And just hands, hand you your tray. It's terrible. But they had a great arcade when I was a kid. You know, and there's cliff divers. And, you know, inside. It's really a neat place inside if you're a kid. But... Um, they had a great arcade. I remember playing Moon Patrol a lot there. Really, you know. That, and then later, as an adult, you know, seeing the artwork, like like I was talking about with Scramble, the artwork just really grabbed me. It's like stenciled. The bezel's awesome. The marquee's awesome. So, I don't know. Visual is a lot. That's a lot of my aesthetic. The aesthetics, I guess, is a lot of what I like. Mm. Um, I mean, the gameplay. You can play a million arcade games on, um, you know, on a on your phone, right? Right. You know, you can play those games on your phone. But there's something about the cabinets with the artwork with the CRT original old school, you know, CRT monitor with the yep. bloom. And I mean, there's something about that. It's a whole experience. It's not yes. just, not just the gameplay. So. We frequently talk about that. So that's good that yeah. you brought that up. I mean, yeah. even to the point where I put a coin in, I always want to put a coin in the machine. Right. Yeah. yeah. Adam has his own token at his arcade. Oh, sweet. No, that's cool. Yeah. I love fun. reaching in and, and being the operator and just crediting it up <laughs> in my home arcade. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty fun. Wow, and you're what? You, what do you got next on the docket there, Mark? What, what else are we gonna quiz this guy about? Yeah, um, ask away. How about some uh, arcade heroes? I mean, who do you look up to? Arcade heroes—that's a tough one. So, um, you know, I'd have to, and I've never met um, any of these guys, but I have to say, um, the you know the developers that uh, that that do the talks and hear. Like Eugene Jarvis and uh, Toro, Toro, you know the, Toro, the guys. You guys talked to him just recently, and I mean, as a program, I mean, I'm a programmer for my job. That's what I do. I do uh, web programming. Oh, what do you um, program? Uh, yeah, crap. Like JavaScript. Yes. <laughs> what do too. I do? What do I do for the stack? Uh, what do we use? We use Ruby on Rails, so I'm a Ruby on Rails developer. Oh, nice. JavaScript, Ruby on Rails kind of guy. Node.js, that kind of stuff. That's what I do for a uh, for day job. I work from home. I've worked from home for about eight years now. I recommend it if you can do it. It's great. Yep, it's been six years for me. Um, but the, yeah, so that was what I. Uh, that's what I've done for twenty plus years. So as a programmer and as a kid, I was into that shit of stuff as well. So uh, those guys, the guys that did the development of that, the design, the programming. I mean, they worked with like very little resources compared to what we do today, and so. It's pretty amazing what they were able to whip out, and it still endures. People still play it. Kids like it when they discover it. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. So, I mean, what do those games take? Like 16k. Pac-Man right. has 16k yeah. of memory. I mean, it's uh, for code, that's you know, that's pretty. That's pretty sweet. You did something in 16k that people still play and love today. Yeah. You know, I com- I did compile something. It's like 16k is like printing a line of text. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, my my exception was 64k long. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the log of your exception is 64k. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think when I recently learned how much memory Joust takes up, it was very impressive considering how far back it was programmed and such. Wow. So yeah, I haven't worked with any of the Midway stuff. I mean, I know J-Rock uh, covered all that pretty well. So uh, I know those boards were a little bit more sophisticated than like Pac-Man. I mean, they had like actual video buffers um, for Robotron. I know that was uh, that was tough to get right, but he eventually nailed it on the J-Rock. And um, so, yeah, it's interesting. But they didn't have, they have very little, very little to go off of. You have 1K. 1K or 2K of memory to work off of on most right. of those hardware platforms. Oh, and and you know what? This kind of segues into uh, something that I had brought up on Clav. I know there's a guy that has been sort of open source converting Bronze Age games, black and white games. Oh, yeah, right, right. And then I mentioned you, and then you joined the conversation. And, you know, I mean, it was kind of cool what he was doing, but it was very, you know sort of homebrew, you know, he, yeah, he basically would create the FPGA stuff, but then he wouldn't give you a way to do it. You had to go buy it and seek it out. Yeah. There's, and you know, I've working out long enough uh, for the last couple of years, you can, there's two, there's like a big divide between just getting the game to run on an FPGA and using like an off the shelf dev kit yes. and then making your own board. Um, I spent a good year, having to really ramp up on digital circuit design, you know, understanding how to route and create the PCB because mm -hmm. an FPGA is pretty complicated at that level. You have to, there's 60 little tiny SMB capacitors on the bit kit wow. uh, that support the FPGA. So there's, you have a large like capacitor filter network. You have three different voltage regulators. Kind of complicated. So mm, that's where I think it comes into play that, um, I'm it's you know, really complicated. Get your game to work. And part two is making your own board. And part one takes a long time. And part two takes a long time. And not everyone has the patience wow. or the experience to do both. Yeah, I mean, um, from from start to finish, when you decided to do this, how long did it take? It took me um, about 18 months from start to finish. That's actually not bad. I worked, a lot, I worked a lot. I worked a lot of late nights. Yeah, considering a lot of other people have promised certain FPGA things over the years. And they just, they get burned out. So, well, yeah, you know, you know, or they're just taking a casual approach. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, I'll or finish in ten they years. They have more more demanding day jobs and lives than I do. I don't have any kids or pets. Yeah, uh, yeah. Me and my wife um, didn't want either, so um, we're we're fine with that. So we have a lot sure. more free time, and so I think that helps. I know other people don't. They have multiple children and very demanding jobs, and uh, so yeah, it's tough. It's tough to squeeze it in. Um, I was really aggressive about it in the first year because I couldn't believe how long it was taking me. <laughs> I was like, holy sh! I got to get this done. I got to get this done. I got to get this done. So, um, yeah, but it, I mean, it was a, it's been a ton of work. And the other thing I worked really hard on with the BitKit was just developing the whole ecosystem where you could update it easily. You could upload new firmware. You could upload new games. And I didn't want to go the SD card route because in my own experience with kits, I've just had a tough time. I always seem to buy the card that's not compatible with sure. the board. Mm -hmm. you know, my SD cards never seem to want to work. So I was like, I'm going to go all USB. And uh, that allowed me to create a desktop app that you can just use on your laptop, connect it to the BitKit while it's running in your cab, and upload, download, do whatever you need to do. So can I, can I working ask a all question? that out took me a while, too. Can I ask a question? Why did you use the peripheral USB interface on the BitKit 
instead of just the regular flat one? Well, I used the flat one originally, and it happened to me two different times where I caught my hand on the cord. And those flat ones are really, um, the flat one, I mean the flat, oh, you mean like the duckbill one, yeah. not like the tiny micro one. No, no, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like Oh, uh, the tiny micro one. Um, what happens is you catch those with your hand or you reach and you jerk it, it bends the connector inside and the connection gets really flaky. So uh, you chose the most robust. I one. chose the most robust one because I knew it would be inside a cab and you're reaching for it in the dark and it needs to be easy to get to plug in and pull out. And, uh, you know, after I did that to a couple of mine with the tiny little flaky connector, um, I was yeah. like, yeah, I can't use that. This is arcade. It's got to be, yeah. it's got to be sturdy. So what yeah, I did is I, I left the cable plugged into it and I put a cap yeah. on the end of the USB and I drop it into the cabinet. And when I need to, I pull the cable out. Yeah, so that's not, exactly what I do. I pull yeah. the cable out right to the coin door, yep. um, you know, hook it to my laptop right there. Um, that's what I usually recommend is people just leave the cable connected and then just put it somewhere where you can easily grab it. Yep. That's and, perfect. And I love it. It's and, great design. Know, great design. Then you're not reaching in because my original thought was like, I don't want to reach in, try to figure out how to pull the SD card out, put it in, or I can't. I don't even think I can reach my board from the front. Yeah, you're. The other thing is, this has got to be the only cloud uh, FPGA port. I go get <laughs> yeah. your your firmware updates from the cloud. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everything comes down. Um, everything comes down from the website. Uh, it's it's scripted, so I, I write a little update scripts that run. So it's kind of modular. So. <laughs> um, uh, you know, every day, a lot of the things I do are about making life easy on me, mm-hmm. which also makes life easy on you as the as a consumer. So, um, you know, it's a win win. It's less work for me, less work for you. Um, that's kind of uh, that's kind of what I like to do. That's awesome. So, um, Mark, you asked about the you know some of the top games. <laughs> you want me to ask the. What were your five least favorite arcade games? I mean, oh, if you could, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, but I'm like, you know, what are the ones? What you are some real really stinkers? Like the stinkos. <laughs> the stinkos that I, okay that I would never want to play really. Uh-huh. Um, and, and would that affect your wanting to put them into the bid kit? <laughs> now, okay, this would be this would be my least favorite games back then. Okay, uh, you know, since then I think I developed a love for them, but uh, Centipede was never a favorite of mine. Hmm because uh the trackball kind of bugged me and it just didn't really grab me so i mean now i have an appreciation for it but i never really liked to play it plus girls always played centipedes so i don't know maybe <laughs> it was like a weird kind of you know it was like a dating game it was yeah good like boyfriend you know right. like the couples were playing it yes. oh, you know this is so fun um <laughs> But the other one, and this this one sounds like sacrilege. I liked, I really like the game now, and I do enjoy it. But I never liked pole position as a kid, because uh-huh. I could never make it past. I could never make it to the race. I don't think I ever even qualified. <laughs> wow. I don't know. There's something about it. I just, you know, the whole. And first of all, I mean, I didn't grow up around a lot of big arcades, so um, I rarely ever saw it. And when I did, I just, you know, you're always about maximizing your quarter in those days. You know, you wanted the most play time you could get. And pole position just seemed like a game where you're not going to get to play for very long, no matter how good you are, you know, because the race is over and you're done. And I just thought that was, that was like robbing. You were robbing children by, <laughs> by ending the game early, even if you won. So, um, so that was another one I didn't play a lot, play a lot of. Um, I was, there's, there's a game on the tip of my tongue that I was just like, I could not stand, but I can't think of it now, but. 
There were so many like off off uh, off the beaten track stinkers that I think I probably played once, never saw again. And uh, you know, when you're fooling around in Mame, like I have done on the pack hardware games, you find some of those. You're like, oh yeah, I can't remember that. It sucked. So one one thing that's interesting about the the girl comment on Centipede, and I don't know if you guys know this, but it was well, the first arcade game to be co-designed by a woman. Oh. Okay. So there may I did not know that. I did not know there that. There may be so. some underlying color schemes and maybe know, sprites that are just, you know, attract women. So it's handling a large ball. Right. Yeah. I yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Everybody likes to play with balls. So what? Yeah, I you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, every morning. Every morning. <laughs> Speaking of large trackballs, uh, the other one was Missile Command. See, I, I'm, yes. people are going to hate me now. I no, never no. really liked and it. Sorry, Mark. I see that the Missile Command in the background there. It, it's okay. <laughs> but as now, and I'm telling you, as an adult, I've, I have an appreciation for these games. But as a kid, I didn't like I didn't like trackball games, and Missile Command was another one. <laughs> I think my mind was too slow to really keep up with you know all the incoming tracks, and so. Well, I, I like my maze games and my shooters. I was big on shooters, <laughs> big on maze games. So Pac-Man, Galaga, those are my staples, uh, stuff like that. And then um, the Capcom games, like I said, oh, I love UN Squadron. Even like 8990, I was still finding new games I loved, like UN Squadron. It's a great CPS1 game. Well, um, let's wrap it up here with a couple more questions, uh, kind of two-part, uh, I guess. What is and, you know along the lines with the the games that are the best or the worst, um, and you're collecting? Is there been a game that's gotten away from you that you'd like? You know, I think it's still uh, Moon Patrol. Uh, there's been I've had a couple opportunities on Moon Patrol, and I for whatever reason I was like, eh, I'll, you know, I'll wait. And so um, I passed that one up a couple times, and probably wish I had just gone ahead and pulled the trigger on it because um, that's definitely one I think. And the other is just a good dynamo cab. I keep on, it's one of those things where you're like, well, they're so easy to find. I'll just pick one up whenever. But, uh, you know, I never seem to like uh, come across the, you know, like Legacy Refire 2 cab. Um, what is it, HS9 or HS6? I can't remember which one that is. Uh, with the nice cut corners and the six button layout. That would be good to have just for Jamma boards, you know, and Street Fighter 2, because that's, like I said, that was one of my favorites in the later 80s. What was that? No, that was like 90, 91. Um, but that's probably, yeah, those two. A good Dynamo, I would love a good Dynamo, or, or a good cocktail uh, Pac-Man, or actually a Galaga so I could play both on it. A good co- Like an original good cocktail without the vinyl like peeling off and the water damage. Um, cool. That's three answers to that question. But, yeah, all three of those are cabs that I'd, I'd still like to have. They're on my list. Um, I have room for one of them. Nice. The other two I'm going to cram in here in my office. <laughs> Well, maybe we should ask that question about how many games are in your collection. Uh, I have seven out there. Eight. So I think I have, I have nine. Sweet. Nine that uh, work and then a joust that's empty <laughs> that I, I don't have a monitor for. I have a monitor for it. I have boards, but it, like I said, the whole control panel has to be redone. Hmm. I want to redo the uh, – I don't want to re-stencil the sides, but I need to touch it up, do, do some work on it. Uh, and, oh, yeah, actually add one more because I have an empty Tempest that has boards – Oh. And a 6100 that I've needed to rebuild for two years and haven't done. So, huh. well, that'll be fun. So, what, yeah, which, not, which nine do you have? I was running? actually I was interested in the multi vector board, the FPGA for uh, Tempest, um, but um, I'm gonna have to pass at the current uh, price. Oh, pricey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What what but, nine, um, what nine games do you have running? 
Let's see. I have, oh, I have the Red Tent. I have the Blast City behind me. I have the MK2. I have the Donkey Kong cab. I have the um, Scramble. I have the Neo Geo. I have the Eyes. Um, is it only eight that I have? The Red Tent? Did I mention the Red Tent? Oh, that's two sides on it. Yeah, you got two sides. So that's two sides. So that counts twice. Yeah. Yes. That counts twice. Yeah. Yay, nine plus two. You're doing good, and then the, and then the uh, the non-working tempest and the non-working joust. So right. I think of like a dozen games is about probably my limit down here in the Sweet. basement. Um, we we redid the basement. We it was empty. We you know when we bought the house four years ago, we knew we were going to do that. So I carved out this space that I'm in now for my little office slash, uh, you know, uh, playroom with the cab, and then I've got a little alcove in the in the basement that can hold about seven games, and. Uh, I'm gonna tell you, without with stairs that do a 180, I don't know if I really want to put more than that in here because it's a pain in the ass to get things down. I mean, uh, they literally they turn, you know, they do a 180 right in the middle, and me and me and 34K, like shoehorned an MK2 down my stairs somehow, and I still don't know how we did it. Because <laughs> um, wow. that is a heavy beast, even empty, no monitor, nothing in it, and it was can't, still a beast to get down. Can't you bring there. games in through that window behind you? Yeah. yeah, I could try. I'm telling you, the MK2 is leaving with a chainsaw. Man, I'm going to cut that bitch <laughs> because there's no way I'm moving it up those stairs again. It's hilarious. Just sell it with a house and buy another yeah. one. Yeah, it's like a pool table. It's like, oh, and here you see an MK2. Yeah, nice, yeah. great condition. New side art from this old game. Yeah, it's yeah. So the dual control panel. Two two final things. Then what what is um what's your what's the future for the bit kit? We heard about the games, uh, and and um. Tell us about your website where we and, and, and where we can get the stuff one more time after. Oh, yeah. I ran through the, the game list uh, that it already supports. The future is um, Scramble and Galaxy and hardware games and, and probably stuff beyond that. We'll see. Um, but um, craftymech.com is is the place to go. Uh, or you can find them on Facebook, too. What's that? You can find you on Facebook, too. You can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash craftymech. Or is that how they do it? Or they do it yeah, craftymech.com? I think so. Yep. Yeah, no. with the slash. I'm on Facebook there, craftymech.com. I've got links to my vendors. Um, good shout out to uh, Steven at Arcade Shop, Brian at Paradise Arcade, Joe at High Score Saves. Um, I work with all those. I work with those guys, and they're great. And uh, they've been great about carrying my products. So sweet. Well, thanks for being on the show. And yeah, uh, thank you. It's this, been fun. This has been a good one. Uh, this is Arcade Radio, the double R's. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on when we broadcast on Twitch, if you're listening on Twitch. Uh, and you can subscribe on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play, and YouTube. So check it out. Leave a voicemail if you want, because it would be funny. I'm pretty sure it would be funny. 612-548-GAME. And that does it for tonight. And one week, we will have another show with the chairperson from 2DCon. Better than the 3DCon guy. Yeah. Well, 2DCon <laughs> is the local he has a uh, lot of gaming convention, so they just... It's a lot. That's right. <laughs> He's got edges. He's got lots of edges. Whoa. We really scraped the bottom here at the end. <laughs> Thank you, Sonic. But our princess is in another castle. (laughs) 
I like that shirt. It's a good shirt. Hello? 